Hey, you're listening to the Seven Hills Church Podcast. If you want to learn more about the church, including upcoming service times in both our Cincinnati, Ohio, and Florence, Kentucky locations, visit us online at sevenhillschurch.tv. We hope this message helps you win the day. Let's go to Matthew chapter 14. If you have a Bible, turn there. If you don't have a Bible with you, I think it'll come up on the screen for you. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22 we're going to read about 11 verses up front. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Immediately after this, and after this is after the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus has just fed 5,000 men, not including women and children. So he would have fed somewhere around fifteen to 20,000 people with just a little bit of bread and a little bit of fish. And after this has happened... Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. And after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. And about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified, and in their fear they cried out, it is a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once, don't be afraid, take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat, walked on the water toward Jesus, and when he saw the strong wind, And the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God. I want to talk just for a few moments um, in these uncertain times that we find ourselves in from this subject, eyes on Jesus this storm will pass. Eyes on Jesus, this storm will pass. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is real, it is relevant, it is supernatural. And I thank you that there is a word in the house right now for your people. No matter where we're at in the journey, no matter how we found ourselves in your house today, here in this building, here in Cincinnati online, I thank you, Lord, that you are gonna speak clearly right now And that everyone will leave saying, I've heard from heaven, and I know what I am to do. I thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. Give me a good, loud amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but life can feel so extreme at times. Um, And not just in seasons or in months or in years, but life can feel so extreme literally in the same day. It can feel so Black and white, it can feel so day and night, it can feel so hot and cold, it can, it can feel one way and then radically a different way, uh, literally in the same day. This is, this is not unique to you, but this is something that we all experience. And we see it right here in the scripture, we see it right here in Matthew 14. We see from miraculous provision to a great storm. From God can do anything to the wind and the waves. From Jesus can't fail to Lord, if it's you. I don't know if you've all ever prayed that prayer before, but 
you wake up in the morning, this is the day the Lord has made. Everywhere that I set my foot, I'm going to take it for Jesus. God has called me to this region. And by the end of the day, you're going, Lord, if it's you, Jesus, if you're... <laughs> from, from I love the Lord to it's a ghost, from, from great fear, we're going to die, to great worship. I mean, boy, this is chaotic. And I just want to tell you, if you've ever felt that way, you're not alone. Like right now in the room, there's a lot of people feeling that way. There's a lot of people that were cussing on the drive here. And 10 minutes later, I speak, Jesus, Jesus. And I ain't mad at you. I ain't judging. You're not a hypocrite. You're human. Some of y'all, you were looking down the road, you're watching one person worship, and you're going, wow, they're just so spiritual. They just love the, if I just love the Lord like that. And by the bridge, they're looking down at you, and you're worshiping, and they're going, man, if I was just spiritual like them, if I just love the Lord like them. You're not alone. You're not alone to feel that. You're not the first. You're not the first. I don't know if you've ever read the Psalms. We can't, we can't sing the Psalms at church. We sing the good parts of the Psalms at church. We can't sing the whole psalm because they're always crazy. They always start with, God, where are you? God, you've forsaken me. God, why do you hate me? God, why do you love my enemies? But by the end of the psalm, it's like, but this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. And you're like, what, David? If we had to sing those songs in church, we would be confused. We wouldn't know if we should shout, cry, dance, clap, run, leave. I don't know what we would, we would not like those songs. So you're, you're not the first. <laughs> And if you're feeling that, it's not necessarily because you have a lack of faith. I think a lot of times we, we tell ourselves, if I just had more faith, I would never deal with these issues. If I just had more faith, I would never be facing a storm. If I just had more faith, I would never have to go through these things. But friend, it wasn't the lack of faith that caused the disciples to go into this moment. They were actually in this moment because Jesus pushed them off into the water. Literally, when you read it in the original Greek language, Jesus made them go out. So they're there on assignment. And number two, on the other side of the lake, there was a great miracle that was about to happen. There was a great salvation. There was a great deliverance that was about to happen. And I firmly believe that the reason the disciples faced this storm is not because of a lack of faith, but because of what God was about to do on the other side of the lake. And I just want to tell you, if you're in a fight right now, if you're in a storm right now, if you're in a battle right now, please don't quit in the middle of the lake. Please don't give up in the middle of the storm because on the other side, God has something amazing for you. If you feel like you're facing hell, you're probably at the gates of hell, but don't quit now because the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. Can I get a good amen right there? I'm on. So, so I want to, I want to show you some things in the text today that I believe are important to us, important to our journey, important to our faith. And the first is this, courage is available. Courage is available. Verse 27, Jesus says, take courage. And then he tells them why, because I'm here. Courage is not the absence of fear. Some of you are going, man, if I could, if I could just break the fear in my life, I could do what God's called me to do. No, courage is actually doing what God's called you to do while being afraid. It's raising your kids in a crazy generation. It's, it's leading your business 
in uncertainty. It's, it's loving your family when everything feels chaotic. Courage is not the absence of fear. It is obeying God in the midst of fear. It is obeying God in the midst of intimidation. It's doing what God has called you to do when your knees are knocking and your stomach is turning and your palms are sweaty, but you know what God has called you, that is courage. Courage is a decision, not an emotion. Courage is an inward attitude, not an outward feeling. Jamin, I don't feel courageous, that's all right. You don't have to feel it to do it. Because courage has nothing to do with what's going on on the outside. It has everything to do with what's going on on the inside. See, Jesus is saying that your attitude in this moment matters. That your, your courage is more important than the wind and the waves. That what goes on on the inside of you is more important than what is going on around you. I understand you're in a storm, but never let the storm get inside of you. I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. I'm in the storm, but I, I refuse to let the storm get on the inside of me because I understand that my inward life is more important than my outward life. And that eventually what's going on on the inside of me is going to determine and affect what's going on around me. I don't know if you've ever read the scriptures like maybe Joshua chapter one, God calls Joshua, he says, hey, I want you to be strong. I want you to be courageous. And, and I want you to trust me and all these, kind of, all these kind of scriptures in Joshua 1. I don't know if you've ever read it, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm trying. Can I get a real saint in the house? Like, I'm, I would love that, Jesus. I would love if that could happen for me. When God calls us to be strong and courageous, he's not telling us to ignore our emotions. He's not telling us to become a faith robot. But he's saying that your faith can be stronger than feelings. Your faith can be stronger than your emotions. And your faith can outlast your circumstances. Take courage. I want to tell you courage is available today. To obey God while afraid. To trust God while you're scared. To believe God while you're in a storm. And to praise God while you're still in the battle. Let me just tell you right now. Peace is not the absence of the storm. It is the presence of Jesus. Peace is not the absence of the storm. Man, if this could just end, I would have peace. No, you wouldn't. Because there's a lot of people in the room right now, there's a lot of people watching right now that aren't going through anything and they still don't have peace. <laughs> they got everything the world told them they needed and they still can't go to bed at night. They've got, they've got everything they ever thought they would, they would dream of, and, they, and they're still not happy. They have, a, they have a million zeros in their bank account, and, they, and they, they're still not satisfied. They're, they got the dream car, and it's still a nightmare. They got the dream house, and, and they still don't have any peace. Why? Because peace is not the absence of the storm. It is the presence of God. And you can have everything that this world has to offer, and you still won't have peace. And the reason I'm telling you this is because many of you are saying, God, change the circumstance, but God wants to give you courage in the middle of the circumstance, because if you you get courage and you get peace. It doesn't matter what you go through. It doesn't matter how good the season is or how bad the season is. You're going to find peace and rest because it's not found in what's going on around you. It's found in what's going on on the inside of you. 
peace. This is why it's absolutely not fair to be a Christian in our world. You know, they said during COVID, during the peak of the pandemic, only one people group in the world, their mental health actually got better. And it was Christians. It's not because we're crazy, it's peace. It's not because we were in denial, it's peace. It's not because we weren't a little freaked out and kept hand sanitizer in every pocket. Come on, somebody. It said we had peace because peace is supernatural. Number two, faith is unusual. Faith is unusual. Tell me to come, Jesus, and I, and I, will, I will leave this boat and I will walk on the water. Faith is unusual because only one man did it. Only one man took a step out on the water. And, and, and here's my question today. My, my question is something that I want you to wrestle with this week. I don't want you to answer out loud. I want you to write it down. I, I Honestly, I want this question to haunt you. I want this question to bother you. I want you to wake up Thursday morning thinking about it. I want it to frustrate you. I, I want this Mexican face to haunt you throughout the week. <laughs> and, and, and here's the Here's the question that I want you to wrestle with. When is the last time you walked on water? When is the last time you walked on the water? What, what am I talking about? When's the last time you heard God and obeyed God? When's the last time you believed God? When's the last time you left your comfort zone in obedience to God? When's the last time you heard the whisper of heaven? When's the last time you felt the nudge of the Holy Spirit and obeyed? When is the last time you walked out on the water? When is the last time you obeyed God? When is the last time you stepped out of the boat? When is the last time you believed God? When is the last time you took a risk? I just want to tell you, because some of you are frustrated right now with your, with your faith, because you keep inviting Jesus into your boat and he's not showing up. Jesus ain't getting in your boat, bro. He's calling you out onto the water. And you're saying, Jesus, come on into the boat. And he's going, actually, I got a better idea. Because you're not going to learn faith in the boat. You're not going to learn trust in the boat. You're not, you're not going to learn hope in the boat. You're not going to grow in the boat. It actually, you're actually going to learn it out on the waves. And you're actually going to learn it out in the wind. And you're actually going to learn it out in the rain. So, so stop inviting me into the boat and start saying yes to my invitation. I'm out on the water. I'm out in the faith zone. I'm out in the risk zone. And if you could ever leave your comfort zone and take a step towards God, that's where the miracle is. That's where the provision is. That's where the peace is. That's where the wisdom is. That's where the God idea is. It's not in the boat. And you can keep praying and even fasting and declaring. You can do 100 days of prayer, something me and your pastor really believe in. You can pray for 100 days. Jesus, come to my boat. And for 100 days, he's going to say no because he's out on the water. When's the last time you heard from heaven? When's the last time you invited someone to church? When's the last time you were a witness? When is the last time you gave in the offering? When's the last time you served? When's the last time you led your family? When's the last time you heard from God about your business? When is the last time you walked on water? 
Faith is spelt R-I-S-K. <laughs> Faith is unusual today just like it was then. Only one stepped out, only one wanted a word, and only one was willing to go. But I want to remind you today, Seven Hills, faith still pleases God. Faith still moves God. Faith still releases miracles. Faith still changes generations. Faith still opens up the heavens, and faith still moves mountains. If you want God to do anything in your life, it's only going to happen by faith. Everyone say, by faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, now faith is the substance. Faith is the substance. Faith has a substance to it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Notice this, faith gives hope substance. Faith gives hope flesh. Faith gives hope feet. Faith gives hope movement. Hope believes, but faith receives. Hope sits on the boat and says, I hope Jesus finds their boat. <laughs> faith walks on water. Hope stays comfortable wishing for a better day. Faith reaches out into the promises of God. Now, now it goes on in verse 11 now, Hebrews 11, 11, by faith Sarah received power to conceive receives power to conceive even though she was past her age. Faith receives and faith conceives the promises of God. Jesus calls Peter out on the water. Peter receives that word and he takes a step. Where is Jesus calling you out of the boat today? What is Jesus asking you to do today? What is the Holy Spirit gonna nudge you to do this week? I wanna, I wanna challenge you to obey that nudge. Obey that whisper. Is it, is it taking your kids out for some time to spend with them? Is it, is, it, is, it, is it taking that teenager out that you've been fighting with for weeks on weeks on weeks on end? Is it, is it time to just go out with them for the night and just hang out and just spend some time and, and just try to talk and hopefully not argue the whole night? Is it is it time to reinvest in the marriage? Is it, is it time to take that step in the business? Where's the Holy Spirit leading? I'm just telling you, it's out on the water. It's gonna humble you, but it's gonna grow you. It's gonna challenge you, but it's gonna increase you. It's gonna be uncomfortable, but it's gonna be the best thing for your life. Thirdly, doubt is optional. Doubt is optional. You don't, you don't have to live with this doubt forever. Jesus says this, you have so little faith, why did you doubt me? Now I wanna start by saying at least he had some faith, amen. He was the only one to leave the boat. <laughs> and I would rather walk on water and sink than stay on the boat and sit in judgment. And so like if I'm gonna be either one, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sink before I sit. <laughs> I'm gonna try before I judge. And, and by the way, you're, you're a part of that kind of church. We're, we're, we're a church that moves. We're a church that believes God. We're not a church that gets comfortable, finds our seat, goes there every week, and judges everybody else. No, this is a water-walking church. You serve a water-walking pastor. This is the, the, we're always gonna stretch you. We're always gonna make you a little uncomfortable. There's gonna be Sundays that you're sitting in church going, I think I'm offended. I don't think I like... 
Marcus is really nice, but I don't think I like him right now. I feel like he just stepped on my toes. I don't, good, good, good. That's the kind of church you want to be a part of. You don't, you don't want to come to church and agree every week. Some, some weeks you want to leave stewing, just. And then by Tuesday you go, oh man, that was right. Dang. That, that's what you want to be a part of. We, we want to be a part of a water walking church. But can you hear the emotion of Jesus? Why do you, why do you doubt me, bro? You know me. You know me better than that. Peter, I just fed 20,000 people with the number one from Long John Silver's. <laughs> and don't act like you know what a number one is because none of us have ever been. We see Long John Silver's, but they're always empty and we don't know how they... I'm telling you, I don't know what kind of money laundering mafia Long John Silver's is. But you, I ain't ever going to the back of that. I'm, I'm just never going to the kitchen, ever. <laughs> Peter, I just fed 15, 20,000 people with a Lunchable, with a few pieces of bread and a few pieces of fish. Why are you doubting me now? Peter, you've seen me heal the sick. You've seen me raise the dead. You've seen me restore hearts. You've, you've seen me do miracles. You, you know me better than this. See, I believe that Peter, think about this, just in a few hours, maybe five to 10 hours, he had lost his amazement for the feeding of the 5,000 and therefore he lost his faith in the present. Because once you forget what God has done, you will have no faith to believe what God can do. Faith and awe, A-W-E, faith and awe are always connected. Lose your awe and you'll lose your faith. Lose your gratitude and you'll lose your faith. Lose your joy and you'll lose your faith. Lose your praise and you'll lose your faith. You forget what God has done and you will have no faith for what God can do. If I've lost my praise for what Jesus has done, I will lose my faith for what he can do. I'm convinced that my faith today is connected to my gratitude for what God has already done in my life, my faith is hidden in my praise. Some of you come to church and you want more from the church. Friend, like the, the worship's not gonna get any better than this. This is unbelievable. If the worship gets better, we're gonna all get raptured. It can't get better. I want that girl to sing better. She can't sing better. There's no better than that. I want the band to be better. They're no better than that. It's amazing. You don't need better worship. Well, you know, if the preaching was just deeper, you don't, need, you don't need deeper preaching. You have one of the greatest preachers in the body of Christ. You don't need better preaching. So what you need is not more anointed worship. What you need is not better preaching. What you need is a better memory. You walk in a church and you forget God's been good to you. You walk in a church and you forget God saved you. You forget the answers to prayer. You forget when God turned it all around. And what you need right now is not more faith. What you need right now is a better attitude. You need more praise. Because as you remind yourself of who God is, what God has done, how God has moved in your life, your faith will automatically meet you there. 
Somebody say amen to this preach. I'm gonna keep preaching, but. So the Bible is full of remember the Lord. Do not forget the Lord. Tell the next generation about the Lord. Build memorials unto the Lord so that one day your children ask you, what did God do here? And you can tell the story again. Meditate on the Lord, which means to mutter, which means to speak over and over and over again. Because God says your memory will be connected to your faith. So you must rehearse the faithfulness of God when you're believing God for provision. This, this is why, by the way, whenever we sing these old songs, like we just sang something about your name, all of us just get tear in our eye. We all lift our hands. Because whether you grew up in Pentecost or you grew up a Baptist or you didn't even grow up in church, but your grandma listened to the Gaithers. Come on, somebody. We all know that song. And so, <laughs> anybody have that grandma? Come on now. And so we all know that song. So it starts singing. We go, praise God. They don't do it like this no more. Praise God. It's your memory. Well, you got to learn how to activate that on a Tuesday. You got to learn how to activate that on a Thursday. When you're going through hell on a Friday, you got to learn to get the worship going, the praise going, and say, God, you have been good to me, and you've never lost a battle. I don't think you're going to start right now. And you begin to remind yourself, come on, anybody got a praise in their heart at 1130? Come on, in Florence, Cincinnati, online, anybody grateful for what God has ever done? Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not. Don't you dare forget what God has done in your life because if you forget what he's done, you will not bless him. Be seated, you're scaring all the new people. <laughs> Jesus is with me. I'm, I'm stepping out of the boat. I'm gonna walk on water. And, and, while, and while I'm stepping, I'm reminding myself. And while I'm walking, I'm reminding myself. And, and while, while I'm moving this way, I'm reminding myself. It reminds me of David over there in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and 17. When, when he's facing Goliath, he goes, I, I fought the lion and, I've, and I fought the bear. He, he had to pull back on a Holy Ghost memory and remind himself, if God did it then, he can do it now. And if God did it for one, he can do it for anyone. And if God did it, for anyone on your row, God can do it for everyone on your row. Doubt is optional, but you gotta remind yourself. I told our church at the beginning of the year, we fast just like you guys fast, and I said, before you write down your little prayer list, before you go to your little notes app and you write down your little prayer list, I said, before you write that down, first write down a testimony list. Get you about five to 10 things that God's ever done in your life anything that God might have even been involved in, maybe. Got out, of a, got out of a speeding ticket. Just go ahead and throw that in. Come on, somebody. Whatever it takes. So that before you ask God for a new thing, you thank God for what he's already done. Doubt is optional. Lastly, worship. Worship is always appropriate. So here's what happens. The, the Bible says that 
Jesus picked up Peter. They walk back into the boat, which is a whole other sermon, but let me just say this. If you've sunk, you can walk again. <laughs> if you've fallen, you can walk again. If you failed, you can walk again. It's not over for you. It's not the end for you. This is not the end for you. And that's a whole other message, but they get up and they walk back into the boat. And here's what the Bible says. The Bible says the, the storm ceased. Then they worshiped. Worship is always appropriate. I, it's good that they worshiped. I'm glad they worshiped. I think you should worship when the storm is over. I think you should worship when your season has shifted. I, I think, like James chapter five says, if is anyone happy, sing songs of praise. You should. If you're, God is good, you got a raise this week, you, something good happened, yeah, you should sing songs of praise, yeah. Um, Miriam, you, you cross through the Red Sea and, and Pharaoh's drowned in the, in the ocean and you praise God, good, you, you should, you should. Um, it's appropriate to do so, but if I could just challenge your faith, and this is a worshiping church, so I think I can do it. Though it is a, appropriate to worship after the storm, I don't think it's powerful. <laughs> I, don't think it's, I don't think it's prophetic. I don't think it's atmosphere shaping. I don't think it's chain breaking. Because I think, I think the praise that is really powerful and really prophetic is not the praise after the storm. It's the praise in the storm. Huh. So this guy wrote a song called um, I Raise a Hallelujah and, and the, the, the chorus goes, um, I'm gonna sing after the storm. No, that's not how it goes. That's not how it goes. <sighs> I'm gonna sing when the storm is over. No, no. Now, that wouldn't be wrong. But if that was the lyric, only like five of us could sing. And we would have to watch everybody else sing. Oh, good, you got the raise. Oh, praise God. You got a good boss? Wow, that must be nice. Marriage is doing better? Wow, good for you. Kids serving, they're all serving the Lord. Wow, that's wonderful. Never got COVID. Wow, look at you. <laughs> but that's not what the Bible says. And that's not what the song says because I believe he knew by the power of the Holy Spirit what's really important and what's really powerful. So I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm. Because there's something about in the wind and in the waves and in the rain and in the uncertainty. And I'm believing God to bring change. But until he does, I'm going to lift my hands and I'm going to thank God and I'm going to praise God and I'm going to thank God in advance for whatever he's about to do in my life. And no matter... What happens on the outside that worship is changing me on the inside? Eyes on Jesus. 
this storm will pass. It will, it will. But until it does, my eyes are on him. And after it does, my eyes are on him. And in the valley, my eyes are on him. And in the storm, my eyes are on him. And on the mountaintop, my eyes are on him. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to hit the subscribe button. And if you want to experience daily content, messages, and inspiration, go ahead and sign up for Daily Bread with PM by visiting sevenhillschurch.tv slash dbpm. Thanks for listening to the Seven Hills Church Podcast.